0: Hello friends, my name is Jonathan Bryant, I am the host of the Edge of the Airy podcast. I have the privilege of serving as the Chief Administrator of Lincoln Charter. The purpose of this podcast is to highlight some of our amazing staff and stakeholders that are with us at Lincoln Charter and to share the college experiences of our guests in the course of our conversation we all know that college preparation is the goal of Lincoln Charter. It's important to know that I'm a former middle school social studies teacher, so I'm always interested in getting to know others better, sharing compelling stories, learning from the past, and finding out more about the individuals that make Lincoln Charter a great school and an amazing community. So, where does edge of the airy come from? You likely know that an eagle's nest is an airy, which obviously has significant meaning for our eagle nation. I intend for this podcast to give you a perspective from the Lincoln Charter community. Therefore, each episode will come to you from the edge of the Aerie. As you likely know, Lincoln Charter is one of the oldest and largest public charter schools in North Carolina. We were founded in 1998, and we have a K-12 campus in Lincolnton and in Denver. I want to welcome everybody back to Edge of the Aerie, and I'm very excited about today's guest. Uh, today, I will be speaking with our athletic director, Jay Martin.
1: Well, thank you, Dr. Brian. Nice to be here. Welcome
0: to Edge of the Erie.
1: This is my first podcast, so it's uh, nice to do something for the first time, even at my age. We are experiencing it together,
0: so i um, glad you could um, dedicate the time, and I'm sure that we will all learn a little something about you during the uh, episode. We're recording this uh, early on in 2023, which sounds... Uh, strange to say, but you have been with the school since the summer of 2022, correct?
1: That's right. So about six months now, I've been uh, the athletic director here for Lincoln Charter School, but a number of years very familiar with Lincoln Charter School in the area had always had great respect. So lucky enough where day one, I came in with a little bit of knowledge and realization of what Lincoln Charter stood for and what they were about. Feel like it's still in the honeymoon session, but also definitely feel like uh, I know the school and a lot of the families in the area more than just what would be a normal six-month period. Yeah, well, and uh, I've noticed that
0: they, which uh, coming from community school Lincoln Charter, used to be they, and it's uh, slowly becoming we. So that's uh, that's that's part of the uh, part of the journey.
1: Um, so t-
0: uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your passions, interests, and um, a little bit about your background, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, great. You know, I'm one of the few people actually born in Charlotte. My wife and I both born in Charlotte, so North Carolina has kind of always been my home, uh, especially this area. I had not always gone into the, not a career, lifelong educator. Uh, when I went mm-hmm. to college, I got to college and my main role model at that point in time was my father and wanted to go down life's path and life's journey to definitely make him proud and do things that I think I should do, um, which really led me into my first career being in business, getting into education was somewhat of just life's journey um, where I started coaching, started coaching basketball first, and then started coaching a number of different things. And that kind of just led into athletic administration. So I've been at some level of coaching the athletic administration for over 20 years. Definitely feel like this is life's calling or life's purpose. I definitely enjoy the influence and the impact that it has and what you can do with other kids lives and other families in the community. Um, So I love being in education, but definitely not a career uh, educator. Um, I'm married, my wife, my wife and I actually went to high school together. Um, I was 16 when I first met her. She was 15 when I first met her and those ages are not remiss. When I walk the halls here now and and see (laughs) kids that same age meeting and having relationships with, with people that some of them, might be you know i'll never see this person again and some of them may be like my wife and i now married for over 27 years and awesome. we have two young adult children my oldest ansley is in grad school at iowa state actually home for the holidays right now my son jack is a senior at the uncc that's kind of a, a nutshell for that that's that's awesome so high school sweethearts we definitely dated in high school mm-hmm. Um, did not date the whole time through high school, kind of met back again in our college years.
0: And, and I, I don't know, you graduated from what high school
1: in Charlotte? Independence, which okay. is out towards yeah, yeah. Mint Hill, which is kind of one of the things that I really like about Lincoln Charter and Lincoln County. It kind of reminds me of the small town more that I kind of grew up in, the way mm-hmm. suburb of Mint Hill Matthews was in regards to Charlotte. Generations of people that live out there kind of reminds me of what is this side of Lincoln Charter. Lincoln County,
0: it is, it seems unusual to meet a native charlatan. So glad you stuck around in the area and got a CMS, CMS graduate uh, as well. It takes all kinds to, uh, to make for a strong school community in my opinion. And so we do have some lifelong educators that came straight out of college and went to the classroom or, you know, into the job that they're doing for us and, and others that had a little bit of a different journey and a different path. And I think that experience is really valuable because you, you, you do know a different side of things mm-hmm. compared to somebody that may not have had those experiences. So you mentioned your sort of knowledge of Lincoln Charter before, prior to coming here and whatnot. Can you talk a little bit about your knowledge of Lincoln Charter and and sort of how that impacts your job? Like what's your day-to-day sort of how that looks and how that it is
1: related. Well, i say about 20 years ago, I was when I first started getting into coaching, it was no more than just signing my my daughter up for a local basketball organization. Of course, there's a box there that you can check, would you be interested in coaching? Uh, <laughs> I made the mistake, whatever. I said, well, I'll be an assistant. And, of course, you know, I think everybody checks that box. So they are like, no, we have a team. We really need you to start coaching. And uh, so I, I did. And I remember our practice times were for this little church league. We were on Friday nights. That was when I was coaching and I looked forward to it all week. And I remember a couple of parents coming and watching practice. And I was like, it's Friday night. Y'all go to Dale, go out and have something that eat for dinner. And and they were saying, no, we just enjoy so much watching our child play and be coached and be part of a team. And I remember that conversation as if it happened here recently, even though it was over 20 years ago, because that's when I kind of got hooked on coaching is the idea that my presence had a positive impact on the lives or the families of other people And that kind of really what motivated me to want to coach and coach more. And next thing you know, I was coaching from flag football to youth soccer. And then my first school coaching gig was for the community school of Davidson. Now this was again, almost 20 years ago at that point in time, community school of Davidson was just a K through seven school. So I was coaching middle school basketball and uh, they had only had athletics for one year prior. And at that point in time, like me, their athletic program was really just developing. So they didn't have a, An athletic director there was a gentleman named mike case who was a great mentor to me was kind of like me he had his own business he was working a regular job and parent and a father and a husband and was just helping run or start this community school davidson athletic program for the love of having impact on kids and he made a great impact on me one of the first ones kind of dictate what coaching was all about for me which is really about building better human beings not so much winning games or what the final scores were, but uh, what was your impact with young people? Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of just led into wanting to be a, you know, all, I'm still under construction. I'm still always evolving. And as my coach always continued to involve, and then I was helping Mike Case kind of run that athletic program. So that's why I say I've been at some point in time, athletic administration for over 20 years. And even back then, our conference included charter schools and Lincoln Charter School is also about a similar a as Community School of Davidson. So it all kind of had some similar growth projections there and that journey in regards to how are you doing things, how are you doing things. So the old AD here in regards to you, Dr. Bryant and Daniel Schmitz, and um, even Kim from last year was someone I'd always worked with and always had communications with. That was kind of one of the unique things when I did get hired here this summer. Basically, you hired somebody that was already an officer in the conference, right? I was already a vice president and the president regards to either our middle school or high school conferences so very familiar with charter schools athletics in regards to this area and north carolina
0: yeah tell us a little bit about the the transition to coaching to athletic administration because i know that was i think many athletic directors have that that sort of juxtaposition where you are leading a team and then you're leading a department and sometimes that means you got to give coaching up which can be bittersweet. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, and, and sort of how that maybe
1: helps you in your job with that, that background? Yeah, but there's so many things in my background that help me with my job, like I mentioned before, being In small business, a small business owner really, I think, helps me with my planning and my management, my leadership, my organizational type of skills. And I think coaching, coaching football, basketball, some of these large primary sports for a long period of time before I got into being an athletic director or mentoring other coaches was also incredibly important. Um, I love coaching, and I think that that's one of the reasons why I love being an athletic director and mentoring other coaches is... I've been in their shoes. I've seen things from their perspective. I know the how alone sometimes it feels or the stress sometimes it feels or how it feels going home at night after a loss or after a bad practice or, or those types of things and the emotions that come with it. Mm-hmm. And in athletics now, I either have teams or I see kids. Every team we have here at Lincoln Charter, either one, makes me wish I was still playing, <laughs> um, makes me wish I was still coaching, mm-hmm. right? Or you know, I, I'm always still in it. And it's one of the, the unique transitions from for me going from just being a coach to becoming an athletic director is instead of just coaching, let's say, the 13 kids on my basketball team, now I feel like I am coaching the, the 350 that are currently active at Lincoln Charter. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the key things for me, and hopefully people that have seen me lead see that I don't just stay in the office, but I do try to get out. I do try to make practices. I do try to go to games. It's really important for me to have relationships with kids because that's really what I need. And that's what pushes me to really be passionate about this job is now I am coaching the 30 or 50 coaches that we have, but also the 350 plus or minus student athletes that we have. Instead of just having one team, I feel like I have you no know, one whole school that I can have the opportunity to build relationships and connect with other families with. Yeah.
0: I think that that visibility is really important and the coming from somebody that used to try to do your job, um, it can be really easy to get caught in your office and that is, it's not always what everybody needs. There's office time that's necessary, but I appreciate that part of uh, what you try to do as a leader because it's important to be out and visible. Know what's going on with all teams and not get caught. And if anybody's listening to this honest.
1: podcast and sees me at a game, please come up and introduce yourself and say hello. And even if you think I may have met you before, again, start all over, introduce yourself again. Sometimes I live to make the connection of, oh, so you're so and so's mom or dad, or oh, you're so and so's older brother or sister, and so forth. Those are, again, those types of connections and relationships are, are really valuable. So don't think that uh, too busy or I'm standing there just watching the game. I'm there to, to be there for you guys to to come in and say, say something, share, share your perspectives and emotions with me. Absolutely. Is there anything
0: about Lincoln charter that you appreciate that you'd like to mention?
1: Yeah. You know, and I get this a lot on why would I leave an athletic director job at one school and try to come to another school. And it's a good fit for me. And when I say a good fit, sometimes it's really hard to put those emotions into words, but I go back from the small town where I grew up in it. Lincoln County really reminded me of coming into a, a small restaurant where people know you and come up and say hello to you. And just that small town of things that really matter, that I'm not just scheduling officials for a ball game, but really building better human beings that, in return, make a better community. And that in Lincoln County, I see already the, the impact and the influence of, of how important the role is to this community. Mm-hmm. And I love that opportunity to be able to make that type of impact. And then I also love uh, college prep. Um, In regards to my kids and and them going to school, the importance of the educational part of the process on not just trying to be average, but be better than average. Everything that we do here at Lincoln Charter just fits with me so well. I think that ends up having high expectations in the classroom, meshes so well with high expectations on the field because ultimately, What I want high expectations on the field, on the court for, is because I have high expectations for these young men and young women in the community, where I want them to be better leaders and parents and workers and business leaders and politicians, whatever their journey ends up taking them, that this is an opportunity to build better human beings. And uh, it's a great opportunity.
0: We appreciate your example. And that is, nobody's an education to get to get paid big bucks uh so it's uh you, um having some of the knowledge that you're helping our future generations and trying to instill some positive human characteristics is is a great motivator for sure yeah tell us a little bit about your college experience
1: you know i was loving loved athletics i was a multi-sport athlete in high school I actually played four different sports but i wasn't a stellar athlete in any of those Um, I was probably best in basketball, and I was being recruited by a couple small schools to go play basketball, a lot of small at that point in time, you know, NAIA schools, smaller than even D3, which is like the Mars Hill, the St. Andrews and stuff like this, Mm -hmm. and didn't come from a family that had a history of a ton of of my father ended up working and going his way through college, but wasn't college wasn't talked about a ton in my household. Um, So when it came to say, well, you could get this, Mars Hill's going to cost you this, um, didn't make sense to go play basketball there when that was even going to be more expensive than just going to a state school. So I ended up going to UNC Greensboro to play basketball. I wasn't being recruited, um, didn't get a scholarship there, but at that point in time there was a preferred walk on type status. And I thought, well, okay, that makes sense. But that was the only school that I applied to, the only school I sent a resume or an application out to. So <laughs> thanks, thank goodness I ended up getting accepted. Um, so I went to UNC Greensboro. But as soon as I got to Greensboro, that's the first time that, to me, I saw life outside of North Carolina. As I mentioned, my, one of my best friends was from New Jersey and started meeting people from all over the country with different visions of what they wanted to be when they grew up. And when I went to college, my goals just immediately changed. Where basketball was a big part of who I was and what I thought life was about, um, it didn't take long for that to change. And I didn't say I I quit basketball, but my goals then became I wanted to learn. When I got to college, all the different classes and opportunities to invest in myself, my goals changed. So basketball was not part of that and became really out of my life fairly early. Then after my sophomore year in college was the first time that I started seeing, again, some people I went to high school with were getting jobs and making money and some of them were getting married. And I had a strong urge to want to become an adult. And I think I see this happen a lot. I don't think I'm as rare at mm-hmm. this time point in my life. Even my son kind of struggled some of that after two years of college. But I have the right major. You know, what is it that I'm truly going to do when I want to become an adult? And uh, I wanted to do that. And one of the greatest advices my father ever gave me was he didn't allow me to, to quit college and said, son, if you want to work. If you want to start your own business do both and that little bit of advice has has really impacted me in a lot of decisions that i make now in regards to why can't you do both you know what's keeping you from being great what's keeping you from doing something different Um, a lot of times it's it's the fear or think well i can't do that i don't have the time to do that i won't be able to do those types of things Um, but that was a lesson that i learned in college and i started my own business in college at that point in time it was in textile manufacturing machinery And there was a lot of plants and manufacturing there. And I wanted to do business and something that I could do. So right off the bat, I kind of got into an entrepreneurial spirit, if you will, in college. And uh, that carried me into young adulthood.
0: I like that advice from your dad about do do both and not having to uh, not having to neglect other things that you might have, may have been interested in yeah. and trying to figure it out as we as we all do as we're moving through life.
1: You know, and one of the greatest things I think about college is is proving that you can finish something. You know, over four years time period, the amount of maturity that you'll have, the going from truly a young person to a young adult, really I think happens in those years of college. So many things happen to you and when i talk to young kids today they a lot of times struggle with where am i going to go to college these are big decisions what am i going to major in these are big decisions but they're really not you know as i say a lot of times it's you learn how to learn in college what you learn is not necessarily as important as just what are your your skills of learning something new or learning something hard or learning something when you're on your own and you have to time manage Tell kids a lot of times when I was a freshman in college, I had to go to a computer lab in the library, right? To be able to type papers or to send reports in Mm -hmm. email was there, but you had to go to the library and basically log into a computer to get your emails and things of this nature. And how many degrees when I was in college was basically just English or biology or business, business marketing or management is what I got my degree in. But now how many computer degrees that are out there, how many degrees in life's purposes didn't even exist when I was in college that now are, you know, you look at UNCC now where my son's a senior, all the different computer majors and degrees, those were, hadn't even been dreamed up yet when I was in college. So there's a a lot of opportunities is just to pursue a passion, pursue learning, pursue being better every day, probably some of the best advice you can give.
0: Well, and I think there's a, there's a lot of, Academic knowledge that you can gain in college, but sort of like you said, college is what you make of it. And so, whether you go to CPCC or UNCC or UNCG or an Ivy League, it is what you make of it. And are you taking advantage of the opportunities that are there? Are you meeting new people? You know, how are you prioritizing your time? All those different things. I think that, yes, it is important where you go, but it's but how are you making the most out of your experience there to better yourself as a person? And it sounds like some of the people that you met sort of expanded your horizons and changed some of your priorities when you got to UNCG. Was that the catalyst really for you?
1: I would say that too, I'd always been kind of goal-driven, always been driven to what can be a better version of myself when I went to college and just saw so many different versions of people. Mm -hmm. and diversity that motivated me in so many different directions to figure out, kind of look inward and kind of be self-aware. What is it that I truly want? Mm -hmm. Definitely live a life to make my parents proud, but not live a life that just mirrors my father's, right? But what could be a life that is mine and would be the best version of of mine. And I picked that up in college. Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily one particular instance other than to be honest with you, the very first exam I took in college, I did not do very well in. kind of went back and looked like, Hey, why? Why did I not do well? Why did I not know the answers of these tests or questions on the test? And it was, well, you should have read that. That was part of your syllabus. And that wasn't anything that I learned in college or in high school. Yeah. right? we We reviewed or if we didn't review it the day before the test, it wasn't going to be on the test. Well, that was not what was going to be there in college. That kind of motivated me not just to do what was average but to what could I actually learn that was, what's the maximum? How can I learn or do the very best that I'm capable of doing? And that kind of led me from an eventual dean's list in college. And uh, it wasn't easy, but it was definitely a change in what was my priorities.
0: Were there any activities or organizations in college that were formative for
1: you? You know, definitely, because I was a small walk-on for a short period of time, it would be some of that basketball kind of leaves a very quick impression. But then after that, my sophomore year, I did join a fraternity. Mm-hmm. And that fraternity taught me a lot of things in regards to social skills, um, structure, networking. There was a lot of things that I picked up good from my fraternity. I know people talk about joining a fraternity and think, oh, well, it's just parties or mixers or, or social. But for me or the fraternity that I first joined, it taught me a, a tremendous amount. And to be able to have relationships, it gives you a chance to go out and... Uh, Learn some things that I feel build better human beings that aren't necessarily covered in the normal curriculum. Mm-hmm. My daughter kind of pursued that same path. She went to college at, and I say now she's in grad school at Iowa State because she got a she got a job there working in the Panhellenic or within student life there at Iowa State where she's getting her master's. Okay, but she also kind of sees the role of she found leadership for her roles in her sorority that she was in that was the first time she was able to really lead. And I think that was a a great learning opportunity for her uh, when she got into college that way. Mm -hmm.
0: I know there's, um, I was in a fraternity as well. And some of our other guests have been in in, uh, fraternities or sororities. And I know there are things that need to be cleaned up, you know, done differently than they have been in the past. But it can be a really positive experience. Um, You've mentioned a couple of individuals um, your dad and uh, Mike Case, who uh, has a special place in my heart, um, like yours. Um, is there anybody that you would look up to as a mentor or, or a hero?
1: You know, no question. Both of those two gentlemen are, in regards to how I live my life now, especially in athletic administration, very influential. For me, I look at, at coaches, too, that I've looked at and try to emulate. Um, in my office, you'll see from John Wooden, poster of his pyramid of success. You know, I love stories of John Wooden, have written a number of books um, about him or things that he's got he's published himself. And I just think he was generations ahead of his time in things that he prioritized, which was building better human beings, building character and coaching, um, and letting that win games. One of my favorite stories about John Wooden is, you know, he would never practice plans and Here's what the other, the other opponent does, and we're going to adjust to the other opponent. Um, one of his players used to joke, I'd have to go out to the lobby and buy a program just to figure out who we were playing that day because the, <laughs> the coach's impact was just always on what is it that we need to do, what is it that we can control our effort and our enthusiasm, right, our execution and our precision, and he's focused on teaching that way. Mm-hmm. And one of my other favorite um, coaching mentors is Pat Summit. She coached women's basketball for University of Tennessee, but her players just loved her and feared her. You know mm-hmm. they talked about stories about how demanding she was and reading her book and her biography on how tough her upbringing was and, and how many just things that just being a great person allowed her to, to be a great athlete and then be a great coach. And she has a, just a ton of influence in me on how I see her as being a coach. And then if you come in my office, you'll see a framed picture of of Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. And that's kind of probably not in many coaches' office. You think about that story where Dorothy goes down the yellow brick road and that journey, that path, is kind of like our our life or our season. And as a coach, when you look at the characters, whether it's the, the scarecrow or the tin man or the lion, and you think about how many kids come into our huddles, boys and girls in middle school or high school, and how many of them are like the scarecrow, and and feel like they are they smart enough, are they skilled enough, do they have the abilities, do they have what it takes to be successful? Are they like the tin man and want a heart? You know how many kids don't feel like they're worthy of love, don't feel like they're worthy of being on this team? How many kids come in or actually just want to be on a team so that they can be part of love? You know maybe they're not getting that at home. You see so many teams talk about this team served as a family for me or this coach was kind of a father figure for me. Mm -hmm. How many kids come into my team needing that? And then of course, right now, how many kids are on that team that are like the lion and that are looking for courage, you know, and right now that that's self-confidence or self-image, we have a statement that you can never outperform your own self-identity. I think so many kids are afraid of failure and are afraid to put themselves out there. And I think part of a great coach is one to be able to get a kid to be able to see that they're, they're going to be safe here. that They're going to be able to step out and put themselves out there and, and take a chance, be a, take some risk. That courage is, is something that I think is a, a big deal. And what separates a lot of average coaches from great coaches is uh, kind of what Dorothy was. And Dorothy didn't fix everybody, but basically just invited them to go along this path. And in return, each one of those characters, the line was courageous, and the uh, scarecrow did have the the brain or the smarts or the ability to get the jobs done. And the Tin Man was worthy of giving and receiving love. It wasn't done by the Wizard. It wasn't done basically by any magical. I won't ruin the story. Hopefully, everybody's seen Wizard of Oz by <laughs> no now. Spoiler alerts. Yeah, no spoiler <laughs> alerts. But you know, Dorothy basically just invited. These characters to join with her down life's journey, and I think that's a a great mentor for a coach and one of my coaching mentors.
0: That's great, and in my book, one of the top five movies of all time. So love love the Wizard of Oz. I also appreciate what you said about the uh, the myth that the the wizard is sort of has all the answers and is going to fix everybody's problems. And that's not, that's not true for really any leader. I mean, we have some great leaders. we talked about some great leaders in this half an hour or so, but they did it with community. And they, would that lion, tin man, would, would all of them have had the realizations that they did and developed as, as the individuals that they did without the community and without sort of supporting each other. And
1: yeah, I see that so many times I talk with kids and somebody's told them a story and it's just a myth. Um, they're good at something, they're not good at something, they're an artist or they're not an artist or, or whatever it is. And, and these stories sometimes become reality. But it's not true, you know. If they want to become something, I believe that they have that opportunity to go out there and become great at something that they're passionate about. And I think that's part of part of coaching, It's part of teaching, It's part of mentorship, It's part of parenting, is to help kids see what their true potentials are.
0: Mm-hmm. It's also a little bit of make make the most out of your situation too. That's and, right. And um, it's good to have that knowledge and experience from from other people, but you do have to experience it, go out on your own, and find out your your own truth yeah. in a lot, in a lot of ways. Is there anything that you would recommend from a reading perspective, any books, articles, anything like that, that our listeners might want to check out now with their new, uh, audible subscriptions or their Kindles yeah. or whatever, uh, that might have appeared over the holidays.
1: One of my favorite coaching books, and I've always had this, somebody says, if you could recommend one book that would kind of wrap around what's your purpose or philosophy of coaching is what would that be? And for me, it's a book by Joe Ehrman called Inside Out Coaching. And I've read this book when I probably 12 years ago, but it's the first time I had really heard transformational coaching versus transactional coaching, where transactional coaching is I'm coaching you because you're performing for me on the field or on the court. And we're having a transaction as if I'm giving you coaching, you're giving me results. Or transformational coaching is really about taking young men and young students, young women to becoming young adults Mm -hmm. and having young adults that will lead and have high character and believe that they can change the world for positive good. And that book kind of talks about his story about how he's had life's up and downs. He was a football player, but his transactional coaches would be when he was down in life. When he had transformational coaches that were very positive, he kind of had a a raise or, or tick up in his life. So I think that's a I would recommend that reading for every coach um, at any level to read that one by Joe Herman, Inside Out Coaching. As a parent, there's a book called Mark Batterson that's in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. And I love that book in regards to how do you raise kids or how do you get kids in this book to be lion chasers? And we talk about the courage and the self-confidence and the self-image. How do you get people in general to not be afraid to pursue greatness. And this book by Mark Batterson, Mark Batterson is a preacher. It's not overly religious, but does have a little bit of that tone to it. But I think it is a great book. And then the other book that I've really enjoyed um, was by Chip Heath, the brother, Heath Brothers, is The Power of Moments. And The Power of Moments is a book that kind of just talks about those life-defining moments that you've had in your life that have truly changed. We've talked about this before, changed your direction and really made a lasting impact. That they just happen by chance or are they actually planned? Mm-hmm. And this book was really kind of laid out that you can plan these. You can design these. You can spend time and really create these life-defining moments that change other people's lives. And that's really impacted me in regards to my role as an athletic administrator. And what can I do to create an environment that is one where people walk away going, that's something I'll remember potentially for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm and
0: i really like that because i feel in education we we do have a lot of opportunity to create those moments and honestly sometimes you know when a moment's happening or when it a moment happened but a lot of times we won't yeah. and that is what makes it super important for all of the adults that are part of lincoln charter and affiliated with the school to really be the good examples that our kids deserve because they're gonna they're gonna listen to what we say but they're gonna watch what we do a lot more closely. And we just have so many opportunities to create those moments that are really going to help our kids to become active, engaged citizens. And yeah. it's that's imperative for us as adults to really be on and to know that our kids are watching and yeah. they're, uh, they're listening. Is there anything, you are still somewhat new to the community for many of our uh, stakeholders. Uh, is there anything about you that most people wouldn't know?
1: You know, I think that's a A really good question for me. It is maybe they didn't know that I was in business before, you know, when I was at community school of Davidson, my history of being in business or being in real estate development is kind of what helped me help them build a new complex and a new facility. Mm -hmm. And that kind of what kind of molded or morphed into what also became athletic administration there as well, too. So maybe just not knowing kind of my background in regards to that, that business aspect of things, I am a continued learner. And I would love to, if somebody has feedback from me of ways to possibly improve, um, I definitely welcome those types of conversations. Um, I've recently just gotten a a CAA, which is a Certified Athletic Administration certification. Um, Definitely want to be working towards what would be the next level, which is a CMAA, which is a, a Master's Athletic Administration. So that desire to, even as old as I am now, and to continue to learn, to continue to strive for that better version of myself. Um, That and I have a lot of dreams and goals for the athletic vision for Lincoln Charter, um, but they're not just mine alone. So I love the feedback from students, from other teachers um, as well. I think teachers can be great coaches. I know one of the things that I love about Lincoln Charter is how many coaches are on staff and here in the building. And I just see it just morph over in such a better school when a staffer that's a coach is able to also walk the halls. And talk to a kid about practice and not just dealing with the 20 some kids that are in their classroom but deal with kids that are all up and down the hall so i'd love to invite any teacher that's maybe looking at this year setting a new year's resolution of what can i do to have a greater impact i'd love to invite you to come have a cup of coffee with me and see if you wouldn't be a great assistant coach you may not know anything about the sport You may not know something about the technical or the tactical aspects of the sport, the X's and O's, but you may be absolutely what this team needs in regards to building relationships, making connections. What does that kid need when during a timeout to have a better self image, to know what they need to do to go back into the game. And I think there could be some great coaches in this building that don't even realize they could be great coaches. And that's kind of my invitation to anybody listening to this podcast. That's looking at possibly having an impact on young people. Um, I'd love for you to contact me and see if there wouldn't be a role at some some team for you.
0: Yeah, and even to take it a little step further, kids and students notice when adults take an interest, and so even if it's coming to a, a handful of games and sitting in the stands and just being present, that goes a long way for a lot of kids. So. Not everybody's cut out to be a coach, as we've seen. Uh, you and I have seen um, plenty of uh, plenty right. of different types of coaches, but just showing up and being there for, for kids and watching them do something that they love doing or it's, it might be a huge motivator for them. Um, a lot of the times the teachers that are in the stands are some of the ones that get the best best results and results can be however you interpret that that's Uh, it life life results academics school attendance etc so just and that's going to
1: be some of those defining moments that we're talking about how many times a kid will remember so-and-so teacher came to one of my games or went out of their way to show they cared about me and the impact to that is exponential that kid is then going to come back to your class only that much more interested in you i think now so if you're ever interested in coming to a game, always just let me know at Lincoln Charter. We never charge for staff to come to games. But if you want to go to a game at a rival school or somewhere off campus, well, to come see me and I'll definitely be able to get you a comp ticket, take care of that for you as well, too. So as a
0: native Charlatan, where would you recommend eating? Where's the best restaurant in this area? Oh,
1: man, me too. I, I love good <laughs> restaurants. I love good food. I tend to be a creature of habit. And kind of go to the same places and order the same things all the time. One of the things that I've loved about Denver and Lincolnton both is the number of places that I found where I've called my wife and was like, this is the best <laughs> bagel I've had. Or, this is the best Mexican restaurant. Or you need to come out to Denver and have dinner with me here. So I, I, it's one of the things that I love best. But when you asked me that question, I wasn't prepared for an answer. But I'm sitting here thinking, where would I if, if I could go back and eat one more meal, mm-hmm. wherever. Mm -hmm. Of course, some of my mom picks up, but my neighbor, Miss Harris, one of my good friends, Chip Harris, his mom would make the best meal. And I know this isn't a restaurant. I know you can't necessarily go there. (laughs) It's an unattainable meal here. (laughs) Right. But when you're talking about what restaurant in regards to just going, oh, you know, whatever, this Italian restaurant or something like that, that's not what popped in my head. What popped in my head was if I could have one more dinner at the Harris's household, spend the night afterwards would even be even better. Like I was still a teenager, <laughs> but that would be that would be my deal. Is probably to have a dinner with Miss Hazel Harris down in Mint Hill, North Carolina. Miss Harris, shout out to, yeah. to her cooking. Yeah. Right. very
0: good. Do you want to talk about goals for the program at all, or your your vision for the future?
1: Yeah, that's you know, definitely something I spent a lot of time with over the break, thinking about kind of what my goals are, and of course, for the program. My purpose of Lincoln Charter Athletics is to transform lives through the power of athletics. One student athlete, one team, one community at a time. And I think that's really important is how do you build culture? How do you really make change? How do you transform people's lives? I think it all starts with just one relationship at a time. And it's just one student athlete, whether it's a student athlete or just a student walking the halls, whether it's a student in the, the fan section, whether it's a student who wants to be a manager or a future athletic trainer, um, I want to be able to transform those lives on an individual basis, then teams, and then it quickly goes into community. And that's one of the things that interests me tremendously about Lincoln Charter is the sense of community that this school has. And Denver and Lincolnton, be able that the role that athletics can play to bring those two towns, communities together, I think there's great potential for athletics. And that's definitely one of my goals. Um, I would love to be able to go to one of these restaurants here in, in one of the small towns and somebody I don't know, just come up to me and be like, Coach Martin, I want to buy your meal today because of what y'all have done at Lincoln Charter to improve the community, what y'all do to raise and transform students to be better human beings. Just really proud of what y'all are doing at Lincoln Charter. You know, that's a a goal that is of mine. And how do you get there? You get there with those little steps and having relationships one at a time, how we behave at, at games, how we behave in our student section, and how we behave in our classroom. Those are all goals for me. And if I believe that athletics can help, like education, like we do as a school, what's the purpose of a school is to build better human beings. And if I believe that athletics is the same purpose, to build better human beings, and if athletics is able to teach kids what they need to be successful in life, how to handle adversity, how to handle struggle, how to work better with others, to set goals, then I want to provide that opportunity to as many kids as possible. Therefore, I'd love to expand the athletics program. And this year, we're adding new teams. We've got men's lacrosse starting in the spring. We're actually going to try with a a men's volleyball team also in the spring, looking to start women's lacrosse, whether it's new programs or new teams or really just investing in Lincoln charter to try to expand our rosters like track and cross country, where instead of having our, our current roster numbers, we even have greater numbers. Those are big goals for me. I'd love to have more students involved in our athletic program And also reach out to ones that just want to be athletic trainers in the future, maybe not an athlete, maybe not on the team, but want to be part of a management or be part of working in future medicine. Those are all things that I would love to expand what is Lincoln Charter Athletics.
0: That's great. Well, I think that's a great place to uh, wrap this up. I want to say thank you for your time and your passion, your positive energy. And I know that our teams, our coaches, our student athletes um, have all benefited from your presence so far in your tenure here. But I want to say thank you for, for all of the blood, sweat and tears that you put in already and looking forward to a lot of good years ahead.
1: Well, thank you. And thank you to our Booster Club. has been amazing. It's been great. Our coaches have been great. And parents have been fantastic. So, if uh, equally, I like to thank Lincoln Charter and I'd like to thank the community for having the opportunity to be a part of the program and eventually be a part of their families themselves. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Coach Martin, for your time. Uh, this is Jonathan Bryant
0: signing off on Edge of the Airy. I want to thank all of our listeners and subscribers for taking the time to listen to the Edge of the Erie. Like everything at Lincoln Charter, it takes a great team to make this podcast happen. The Edge of the Airy is produced by Jonathan Bryant and Taylor Helms, and Ms. Helms is also our senior editor. Graphics and artwork are by Melissa Lasarski, and our music is brought to you by Next Mike, who you may also know as Michael Paulino Albin. Our team uses the free Anchor app to create each episode, which is found at anchor.fm. You can listen to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Stitcher. Feel free to rate or review the podcast. It may help others to discover this content. This is Jonathan Bryant signing off until next time.